You are listening to a message recorded at Living Hope Church in Southwick, Massachusetts. We hope you find encouragement through God's Word today. So it's Christmas weekend, and it's typically a weekend that signifies a homecoming for family and friends. And if you hadn't noticed, Pastor Luis is back visiting with us from uh, Arizona. And so it's nice to have him back with us today. But this is the time that people come to visit. Whether they travel by plane or they travel by car, they travel the great distances and small distances so that we can be together with one another. Students have uh, left school. School is let out in both elementary, middle, high school, and even college is let out. And so students are looking forward to a few days without any homework and to be able to enjoy some just downtime and and they're looking forward to coming home. Especially college students are looking forward to familiar uh, surroundings and coming home. One of the things I loved about coming home from college, especially whether it be Thanksgiving break or it be Christmas break, I always enjoyed uh, sleeping in my own bed for once, which is always welcome. Uh, but also just being able to uh, enjoy the dinners and the kinds of food that you would have when you came home. Now, if you ever went to college, and I, I knew strategically that if you went away to college and you didn't come home on the weekends, even though I probably could have, I knew that I got better meals when I came home than if I just came home every weekend. So if I spaced them out, I could come home and my mom would ask me what I would want for dinner and she would go ahead and make it. So the meals were always better if you kind of spaced out your kind of comings home. And so uh, around uh, Christmas time, we always uh, loved the food that was there. And as an Italian family, we always had too much food that was offered. There was always multiple courses that were being offered as part of uh, your Christmas tradition. But one of the other things I also enjoyed is that my mom and my grandma would always make Italian cookies, different kinds of cookies, thumb cookies with raspberry jam, rolled sugar cookies with swirls in them, biscotti. And uh, one of my favorites, they were frosted anisette cookies. So good. Made with ricotta. And that might sound gross, but trust me, it's not. It's really delicious. And so I would look forward to those times of coming home, not just for the food. Don't get me wrong. I loved seeing my family, and I loved being able to spend time with them and to be able to catch up in the uh, exchanging of gifts. But those things were just wonderful memories, and I always left with a full stomach and a full heart. Uh, after doing that. A homecoming is truly a homecoming when you feel welcomed and you feel like you belong. When you're greeted with open arms when you arrived, it's a wonderful feeling. Warm greetings and warm embraces make the long trip worth it. But a welcome feeling comes through connection, a connection that's made through friendship and love. It's the connection that opens the door to that fellowship. It's the connection that opens the door to that warm, that warm welcome, that feeling that you're home. And my hope is that as you are spending time this Christmas gathering together with friends and family, that you are experiencing that. And not everyone has the benefit of going to a secure home or going to a non-dysfunctional home. And so my hope for you is that You've experienced some peace and some joy when gathering together with family. But our feeling of warmth and welcome depends on the connection. 
If it's a bad connection, when the relationship is tense or strained, it becomes awkward and unwelcoming. And I never quite understood those moments of life where I'm going to take a holiday to prove a point to you about how mad I am at you. I always felt like no, no matter what stupid things we said to each other as siblings, I always felt like let's set that aside for the holidays and let's just enjoy each other's company. And believe me, there was some times that where we as siblings, my, my brother and my sister and I, I didn't always see eye to eye and kind of would not always get along from time to time, but we always understood that when we got together for Thanksgiving or Christmas or any other holiday, we set those differences aside and we did it to enjoy each other and to be part of that family. So if the connection is bad, the relationship is strained and the gathering is awkward. But if the relationship is good, then the connection is good and the welcome is sweet and rewarding. The title of my message today is Coming Home for Christmas. And maybe you've been far from God. You know, it's funny to think about this time of the year that this is the season in which we remember and we celebrate and we enjoy the fact that, you know, Jesus' coming to earth brings us closer to God, helps us to become close to God. But yet, this is also a time of the year where a lot of people feel depressed. They feel sad. They feel um, lonely. They feel disconnected. And in those times, they kind of drift further from God instead of getting closer to him. That's the whole purpose of us coming together for Christmas. That's the whole purpose of uh, Jesus coming to this earth so that we might know him and become close to him because of it. If you felt far from God and you felt like you haven't been close to him, it's good that you're here today. Maybe it's been a while since you've been in church and you feel out of place, but can I just remind you that church for the family of believers is home, that we are in fellowship with Christ and we're in fellowship with one another, and you are welcomed here in this place on this day after Christmas morning, I want to remind you of why Jesus came and talk about three things. Number one, first and foremost, Jesus left his home to come to ours. He left his home to come to ours. Secondly, he left our place to prepare a place for those who would believe in him. So he came, but then he left to prepare a place for us, so that where he is, we may be also. And thirdly, Jesus desires to be at home in every heart through faith. Let's talk about the first one. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. Remember, Jesus left his home to come to our home. Left his place to come to our place. Much like when you hop in the car to visit family, and you go to visit someone, you go to be in their presence, you go to, to be with them, to have fellowship with them, to enjoy their company, to hear from them, and to, to experience the love that you have together. So take a look at John chapter 1, verses 9 through 12, and Jesus says, and it was said of Jesus by the uh, apostle John, he says, the true light, which gives light to every man, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, 
To them he gave the right to become children of God. Now the Apostle John, who wrote the Gospel of John, describes how Jesus, who was the living word of God, was present at creation. Jesus is not a created being. He is not an angel in human form. He is the Son of God. He was God present from the beginning of creation. And he said that everything that's, that we see before us, everything in the world that we uh, observe, has been created by him. And what a wonderful thing it was to wake up on Christmas morning and to see snow on the ground. That's not usually something you see. It comes along, I think the last time I saw that was probably four years ago. I have a video of my dog running through the snow on Christmas Day. But sometimes in New England, that's not always a thing. It's not, oh, you don't always have snow on Christmas. But to be able to look out the window and to see snow and all the things that you observe, and even on those 21-degree days, there are still days where it's really beautiful out. And that was all created by God. And then it says that Jesus came to this world, but the world did not know him. They didn't recognize him. His, the creator came to the creation, and, and the creation didn't know who he was, didn't recognize him, didn't acknowledge him. It says that he came to his own people. He came to the Jewish people who were expecting someone to be born in Bethlehem, someone that would be uh, born king of the Jews. And they were looking for someone, and they completely missed him. And then when he came and he spoke of himself, it says that they rejected him. They, they, they turned away from him and didn't accept him as who he was. But to those who did believe and receive him, he gave the right to become children of God, to become part of God's family through faith. So here we understand the, the idea of connection, right? You know, to be able to accept an invitation, to be able to feel welcome, to feel at home, is understanding that you have to be accepted by someone. You have to be embraced by someone. And you also have to be considered family. Sometimes you go and you're part of a celebration, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, and you're not really blood relations. You're not related to anybody. But you are accepted as family. There are friends of my kids who call us mom and dad, even though we're not mom and dad. But to them, we are because of that connection. And it's all about being accepted. And so, so John wrote that those who... Uh, received him to those who believed in his name. He gave the right to become sons of God, to become part of the family of God, children of God through faith. Christmas is about the miracle of the incarnation. The incarnation is when God became flesh, when God became a human being. God was always spirit, but he took on human form that he could be heard, that he could be seen, he could be touched. Think about this. Jesus, the Son of God, left his throne in heaven where he was seated in power and majesty at the right hand of the Father, where he was worshiped by angels in light and the glory of heaven, and he left all of that. Now think about that, being God himself, being the one who spoke the universe into existence that with a mere thought could create anything, and anything that he wanted to do, he could do in that moment. And to leave the, the adoration of, of the saints in heaven and those uh, angels in heaven and to, to leave the glorious throne room of heaven and to come to earth and to come to a place where people were like, 
eh, I can do without. To come to people and say, you know, listen, I want to show you the way to the Father. And they say, no, thanks, I'm not interested in that. Or they even said things of him that weren't true and said terrible things about him. Why would he leave his throne? Why would he leave his home and come to our home? It's because Christ wanted to introduce himself to us. He was born in a humble village of Bethlehem in a manger surrounded by animals to a very poor couple. He could have been born to anyone. He could have been born in a palace if he wanted to. He could have been born into privilege and royalty. He could have been born as the son of a king in a palace throne room uh, with all the finest things that go along with being royalty. He could have uh, been born into a life where he had servants attending to him and waiting on his every whim. He wasn't born into an extravagant home. He wasn't born into a place that people couldn't relate to. So I want you to think about this for a moment. Jesus is royalty. And he could have chose to be born into human royalty. But being born into a palace is not something that most people could relate to. It's not something that the average person could say, yeah, that person understands me or I can relate to that person. But instead, Jesus chose to be born into a regular home, to be born into humble circumstances. He was born into the world that an average, everyday person would know and be familiar with. Think about that. Jesus left his home to come to our home, and he came to a humble home so that no one could feel left out, that, that salvation and being close to God wasn't just something for the privileged and the wealthy and royalty and well-off. It didn't make them closer to God, but Jesus said, where are people mostly? Where are the most people that I'm going to come in contact with? And he came into this humble place called Bethlehem. Jesus came and experienced all the things that the average human would experience. Experienced all of its joys of life, all the sorrows, all the griefs, all the ups and downs. I want you to think about this. He, he grew up as a child and grew into a teenager and grew into a, a young man working a trade. At a certain point in time, he saw his father pass away. He knew what it was like to try and take care of his mother He saw injustice, sickness, poverty, and death. And he walked among us and lived among us. He experienced rejection, betrayal, and sadness. And he came to where people were, came from his home to our home because he wanted to introduce himself. The world didn't know him. The world didn't know God, not in this way. But he came and he introduced himself so that people would know who God was. He didn't come to a place where he would be out of touch or out of reach. Instead, he came to a place where hurting people were. He ministered the touch of God to them. He was not inaccessible. I want you to think about that today. He was not inaccessible then, and he's not inaccessible now. You know, sometimes we grow up in a religious background, And we think, I could never get to the place where I need to be in order to know God. That God is up there with holy men and people in robes and people who are well-attuned and people who are well-learned, but certainly not for the average Joe like me. 
But Jesus came to humble and average circumstances so that he could be accessible to the crowds and to the, the groups of people so that where the he was, he could be seen, touched, and heard. Jesus left his home to be where we are, and that should give us some comfort today. Secondly, Jesus left his, this place to prepare a place for those who believe in him. So Jesus came to our home. He introduced himself. He he let people know who he was, that he was the son of God, that he was sent by God, that he was speaking for the Father, and he was introducing them to who God was. And he came and he walked on this earth. He, He made himself known to us. But while he was on this earth, he left to prepare a place for those who believe in him. He came to show us the way to heaven, the way to the Father, and prepare an eternal home for us. Take a look at John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go you know, and the way you know. Verse 5. But then Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John chapter 14 is Jesus at the Last Supper with his disciples. This night is the night of his arrest and the night before his crucifixion. A terrible death that he would die for the sins of all mankind, an act that would purchase our redemption. And Jesus uses this time to talk to his disciples and to talk about his coming death and how he would be leaving them soon. So when Jesus says, in a little while you won't see me anymore, but then you will see me again, he's telling them that he's going to be taken from them in death, but also that he'd be resurrected again from the dead. He talks about leaving them, he talks about them being sad, but then he tells them about the coming Holy Spirit and how he will help them in his absence. But he also talks about how it's necessary that he leaves because he's going to prepare a place for them. And Jesus goes on to describe it to them. It's a house with many rooms or a place with many mansions. Well, what place is Jesus speaking about? Were they thinking, okay, Jesus is a carpenter. Maybe he's going to build us a place, right? But think about it this way. We have to think about, okay, if he's going to build a place for them, prepare a place for them, If he's going to his father, where did he come from? He came from heaven. He was with God, the heavenly father, from the beginning. And he left his home to be with us. Now he's returning to where he came from to prepare a place for us so that we can be with him. What is Jesus speaking about? Jesus is speaking about heaven. Heaven which is the eternal home for every Christian. Why? So that where he is, we may be also. 
And Jesus wants his followers to be with him. He said, you know, I'm going to go away, but then I'm going to come back again, and I'm going to take you with me to see this wonderful place that I prepared for you. You know, when you get to heaven, it's not like you'll have a place to be. You won't have a place to be. It's not like you'll just get there and we'll all be standing around on clouds. You know, and they, the way people depict heaven, it's like, okay, you're going to have a harp. I don't even play the harp, okay? You're going to have a halo, and you're going to have wings. Well, understand that they're talking about angels, and we're not going to be like angels. Scriptures tell us that we're going to be like Jesus, the resurrected Christ, that we will be like him with a resurrected body. And so when we go there, it's not like we're going to be like, wow, this is boring. Well, I thought there'd be more here, but he says, you know, he talks about preparing a place, and he's been preparing a place for us for the last 2,000 years. Not only for us, but for every person that accepts Christ as Savior. He's preparing a place for them as well, so that when you get there, it's not like, wow, this is awkward. Like, wow, I don't belong here. Or, wow, I feel out of place in this place. It's not like going to someone's really fancy home, and you're just a down-home, flannel-wearing, you know, person that enjoys fried chicken, and you go into someone's home, and you're just like, I don't want to touch anything. I don't want to break anything. I don't feel like I belong here. I feel uncomfortable here. I feel like, you know, they're going to put some newspaper down when I go to sit on the, the couch here. You know what I mean? But it's not meant to be like that. Heaven's not going to be like, what am I going to do when I get there? Or I feel out of place there because look at all the good people and here I am. Listen, Christ has made the way for us. That's that connection. That when we're invited to the home of someone else, it's not like you're going there and you're bringing the family with you and you're like, okay, be on your best behavior and dress your best and you better do the right thing because we don't want to make things awkward or anything like that. We're going to the place where he's already invited us. He's already made a way for us and that we are treated like family. It says, to them who have believed on his name, he has given them the rights to become children of God. So it's not like you're going to the house of a stranger or the, to the Christmas party of your boss and you're worried about like first impressions. You are going home. And that's something you should look forward to and rejoice in so that where he is, you may be also. Sometimes it's funny to think about when you go to like a holiday party and you don't know anyone, where do you go? If you go to the one, yeah, go to food, that's one thing. But if you're at a holiday party, you look for the one face you can recognize and you gravitate towards them so you don't feel out of place or you feel awkward, right? When we go to heaven, remember what Jesus said. He says, that where I am, you may be also. So I'm going to be looking for him when I get there. I'll be looking to see him face to face. I'll rejoice in the fact that now my faith will be sight, and the one who gave his life for me, I'll be able to see face to face and to thank and to worship and to praise him. But the wonderful thing about this gathering is not just, there's not just one familiar face in this gathering, is there? There'll be familiar faces from years gone by and people that you knew that loved the Lord and served him faithfully. People who loved God and and passed on either due to old age or even in this last year. People that you've just lost because of things that were going on health-wise in this world. 
that you'll see their faces there too. And all the trepidation that you might have about, well, am I going to go to heaven and will I get to heaven? What will it be like when I get there will be completely melted away when you set foot there because you'll be home. And when you're home, it's a wonderful thing and it's a welcoming thing and it's a familiar thing. But one of the disciples had to ask the question, how do we get there? It's one thing to be invited somewhere and not have the address. Like, it used to be that, you know, growing up, it's like, okay, I had to tell people how to get to my house, right? You remember those days 20 years ago with the Rand McNally road maps or the MapQuest printout directions that you had to give in order to get somewhere? Now you can use Waze or, you know, Google Maps or your GPS on your phone to get you places. But there's one thing that's really important for you to get there. It's the address. If you don't have the right address you'll end up in the wrong place. And you better be sure the address is programmed incorrectly or you'll end up somewhere else. Because you know how many mill streets and main streets there are in the world? You want to make sure that, you know, like when you know the trip from here to Agawam is 20 minutes and you plug in the street name and it says 4 hours 22 minutes that you've plugged in a New York address and not a Massachusetts address. So Thomas asked, well, you know, how do we, you know, get to where you're going? Show us the way. You know, you, you know uh, how do we get there? We don't know where you're going. And the truth is that that's not exactly true. Jesus on several occasions told the disciples that he was going to die and how he was going to die and that he would be risen again and that he would be taken to the Father once more. So when Thomas is saying, like, you haven't told us where you're going, it's not true that Jesus hasn't told them. It's just that they had trouble accepting the fact that Jesus was going to die. In fact, they kind of put it out of their minds. Peter even said, no, Lord, that can't happen. I refuse to allow that to happen. And so Jesus told them about his death and resurrection, but they had trouble with what he was saying. And so when Thomas asked, well, how do we get there? How do we get to where you're going and where you will be, this place you're talking about? And Jesus says that I am the way to the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And remember what Jesus said, that um, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also, and that I will come again for you. So if we're worried about, well, how I get there, the Lord always shows us the way. But he makes clear it's only through faith in Christ alone. He emphasized that he is the way. He has shown us the way to the Father, and he's made a way for us to be forgiven so that we can go to heaven. He is the truth. The words that Jesus speak are only truth. In him there is no falsehood. His promises are true and trustworthy. He is the life. Not just only as the one who gave us life, who gave us breath in our lungs, but the one who is the source of eternal life as our Savior but it's only through faith in him that we can come and stand before God. It's only because of what Christ has done that we can be before God. Think about that. Without him, without Jesus uh, dying for us and redeeming us, there is still enmity between us and God. There is still that tension between us and God. But Christ, as our go-between, as our mediator, 
has brought to us redemption and forgiveness so those things that were between us and God the Father have been done away with. And so we can be accepted by him and received by him. So Jesus came to our home to introduce himself to us. He left our home to prepare a place for us so that where he is, we may be also. But lastly, Jesus desires to be at home in every heart by faith. Every journey home begins with an invitation. As you made your Christmas preparations, perhaps you discussed with your family where you're going to spend it this year. Because it's not always the same. You might have a tradition where it's like we're always going over Aunt Carol's house, and that's just what we do, and you do that every single year. But in my family, in, in my marriage, like we would alternate holidays. You know, On Thanksgiving, we would go to her side of the family. On Christmas, we'd go on to my side of the family. And then each year, we'd switch and alternate it. And sometimes there are times where, depending on when the day fell, you had to change things around. Or if you got sick and you had to uh, be sick for a few days and be quarantined, then you understood that, like, okay, the, the plans that you might have had for a particular date has to be changed. And so you kind of work out when you're going to be with someone and how you're going to spend it with them. And maybe if you, you have someone that didn't have plans or if you were someone who didn't have any plans for the holiday. Maybe you received an invitation from a friend or family member and said, you know what, come to our house. Be part of our gathering and our celebration. And they invited you into their home. But you have to be willing to accept the invitation in order to be welcomed into that home. You have to say, you know what, I think I'll do that. Sometimes we get an invitation and we're like, "Ah, I don't want to be an inconvenience. I don't want to be a burden to anyone. But if you're being invited by someone, chances are they want you there. They love you. They care about you. They want you to be part of that celebration. Jesus has made himself known and has extended an invitation to us. And now he stands at the door and knocks, asking to come in. It is said that home is where the heart is. And I know that to be true. This is not matter wherever you are, as long as you have your family with you, that's where home is. As long as where you are is a place where you feel like, you know, this is my place, then that's home to you. As a family that, you know, as we've served in different churches over the years, and we've moved around a couple times, we've known it's like to live from one place to another. And we know that it didn't matter where we were, all that mattered was is that we were with the people that we loved and cared about, and we made that place home. It wasn't home before. Even when you rent an apartment, you're like, this isn't, I don't own this place. It's not mine. But you make it home by being there with the people you love and by making it comfortable and making it your place. You make that place home. In Ephesians 3, verses 16 through 19, Paul talks about the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And he talks about how he wants Christ to dwell in their hearts richly through faith. So what does that mean? When we talk about dwelling in us, is that the message of Christ, that when we hear it, we accept it and believe it, it becomes part of who we are. But also that we would put our trust in him for our salvation. And that we would live for him. 
when Christ is dwelling within us, we know his Holy Spirit is within us, but when we let the word of God and the spirit of God dwell in us richly, we are living our life for God. And he is part of us. He's in our heart. He is in our motivations, our thoughts, our directions, our desires revolve around who he is. If our heart is with him, then he is in our heart dwelling within us. In Revelation 3.20, Jesus says this. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Jesus stands at the door of our heart and knocks. He wants to come in. He wants to be part of our lives. He wants us to know who he is. He wants us to receive salvation. He's made a way so that you can know who God the Father is. He's standing at the door knocking. And we open the door by putting our faith in him. We open the door by asking him for forgiveness. We open the door by confessing our need for him and by choosing to follow him. When we get the invitation from God, I want to be part of your life. I want, I want you to know who I am. And when he knocks at that door, we have the choice where we can say, you know what, I'm busy. I'd rather not. I've got other things going on in my life. Or maybe you've closed the door for one reason or another. But you have to be willing to hear him knocking and open up that door so that you can have him come in and have fellowship with you. Notice the words that he uses here. He doesn't simply say, and I'll come in and I'll lecture you. Or I'll come in and I'll correct you. He says, know that I might sit and dine with you. Even the idea of communion, the word communion means to be in fellowship with one another. To have a connection with each other. So that what Jesus is talking about is like he wants to be with us. We, he wants us to experience salvation. And he wants to have fellowship with us, communication, communion with us. That we would know him and he would know us in our deeper way. When we open the door, we make our heart his home. And he's not just relegated to one part of our home. You know, there's a poem that was, it's a rather lengthy poem, My Heart, Christ's Home. And it talks about all the parts of our life. And as though they were different rooms in our home. And how there are some parts of the house that we didn't want to let Jesus into because we may not be proud of it. Or may be ashamed of it. But Jesus, when he dwells in our heart, should not just dwell in one portion of our life, in one room of our life, but the whole house, every part of who we are. That Jesus is not relegated to just Sunday only. He's not just relegated to certain times of the year, like Christmas and Easter. Like, well, we love and serve and worship God on Christmas and Easter, but the rest of the year we do our own thing. Or that we only think about God at one time of the week. On Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. when we come together and worship him, that's the only time we think of him. He doesn't want it that way. To, to really have Christ at home in your heart means that every part of every day revolves around, God, what do you want me to do with today? What do you want me to do with my life? How can I honor you today in my thoughts, in my action, in my work, in my family? When you do that, you allow Christ to reside in not just a portion 
of your life. But every part of it, and it's part of every decision you make, it's part of every direction you take, Christ becomes the center of those things. I'm going to invite the worship team to join me up at the front as we get ready to close this service. But perhaps this morning as you are hearing this message today, maybe you might feel somewhat far from God right now. You might feel as though that you are distant from him. And that's something that can happen even as someone who goes to church. You can be sitting here this morning and feel far from him. Or at times you don't even feel welcome because you know, you feel like there's some things that you've done that you're not proud of that have kept you from God. Can I encourage you today that as Jesus stands at the door and knocks, as he wants to have fellowship with us, as we've talked about the reason why he left his throne above, to come and be with us so that we could be where he is. The idea of coming home is an idea of being welcomed, embraced, comfortable and being in a place where you know that you're loved. Can I encourage you today to know that you are loved by God and to take some time and say, you know what, if I've been far from you today, Jesus, Lord, I draw myself back to you. I choose to return to you today. I choose to go back to that place that I needed to be where it all started feeling far from him today as we bow our heads to pray. Maybe you just want to speak to God right now and say, Lord, I just want you to be at home in my heart once again. Not just a part of it, but all of it, Lord, it's yours. Maybe today you, on this Christmas, day after Christmas Sunday, that you choose to begin that new fresh start with him. Let's pray. God, we just thank you today, Lord, that you saw us here on this earth, your creation, your people. And you love them so much to come and leave your home above to be where we were. We thank you that, Lord God, that you understand what it's like to just be a regular person like us. That you weren't inaccessible or high and mighty here on this earth or proud, but that you were just someone that others could talk to, could see, could touch. Lord, I pray you'd help people to see and touch you today. Bring them back to you, Lord God. For those who feel distant and far from God, I pray, Lord, that they would come back to you and experience your love, your embrace, your warmth once more. Return the prodigal home this morning, Lord, we pray. And Lord, we just pray that you would just help us to begin this fresh start this morning into this new year, Lord God, with a newfound love, devotion, and commitment to you. Speak to hearts, heal that which is broken, and strengthen us for the journey, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We invite you to join us Sunday mornings to worship with us. We are located at 267 College Highway in Southwick, Massachusetts. For more information about Living Hope Church, visit us online at www.livinghopechurchag.org.